Today's daf is Gitin daf Samech Aleph. And we are four lines from the bottom of daf Samech Amidbeis Hanu Bnei Becharmach. Today's daf is being learned. Le'ilu Nishmas Moshe ben Yisach Beresh and Le'ilu Nishmas Chaim Malazer ben Yibadol Chaim Rab Shim Shinari. So the Mishnah on daf Nun Tes digressed from the digression of the Masechta and began to discuss different takonos that were put into place, not mipnei tikkona oilam, but rather mipnei darkei shalai. The most recent of these takonos that the Gemara discussed had to do with fields that are sustained via irrigation and different takonos that were made in terms of how exactly the irrigation process went. On that note, we have a few lines of Gemara, almost a postscript to the last Gemara that was learned. The Gemara tells a story. Hanu bnei bnei charmich. There were people that lived in this town of Charmich. The Azul Karu Beresha Dishin Vasa. They dug a ditch at the top of the river called Shanvasa, the Ahadrua, and through the ditch that they dug, it caused the river of Shanvasa to circle the city of Charmach, the Shadua Beshili Nahara. And then it continued along stream. So this is an example where a picture is worth a thousand words, but the point is, there was a, a river, the river was called Shanvasa, it's going straight, like most rivers go, at the side of this river, there's a town called Charmech. Now, the Chervet that lived in Charmech, they wanted that the river should divert and it should go around. It should make a hakafa around their city. It would just be beneficial for them in terms of being able to obtain the water. So what they did was, is they manipulated the stream of the water. They dug a ditch and this ditch went uh, along the perimeter of their city so that the ditch just went around their city and then it continued along its merry way. And really, at first glance, what they did seemed to be rather innocent and really didn't appear to be affecting anybody. Stating that, the Gemara says, also Eloi the Kamei The people that lived at the top of the river of Shanvasa, right around where they dug their ditch that was manipulating the stream of the water, they came to Abaya and Amrulei, they told Abaya, that because of this turn that the river now has to make, What's happening is it's slowing down the stream a little bit. And because it's slowing down the stream, it's causing us a little bit of hafsid. And they came to Abayah complaining. We're not happy what the people in Chermech did. So Abayah told them, I have an idea. What you should do is go to the ditch and dig it a little bit deeper. If you're going to dig the ditch deeper it's going to cause the water to flow a little bit more freely so that you'll be able to make up for what you're worried about. Meaning their issue was predicated on the fact that the flow of the water was a little bit slower because of the turns that the water now had to make. He said, well, there's a workaround. There's something we can do. We can improvise. What we'll do is we'll dig a little bit deeper. And by doing that, it's not going to be an issue. They told Abaya, if we're going to do that, that in the long run, it's not going to be good because... If the ditch where the water flows through is deeper, then at some point it's possible that the water level is going to be so low that it's going to cause our payrolls to dry up. Meaning there are times where you have to physically go into the canal and schlep the water out. Now, if 
this canal is very, very deep, then sometimes it might be difficult to pull out the water, which will inevitably cause our paris to dry out. In other words, they told Abaya that I hear what you're saying, but it's actually not such a good idea. So when Abaya heard that, he went to them. Who's then? So Rashi says, he went to the Bnei Chanich. He went to the people that dug this ditch. He told them, Zilu Sliku I'm sorry, you have no choice, but you have to stuff up this ditch that you made. Mehasam from there. In other words, you have no right to do it. So if you want to go manipulate the stream of the water, we're at Zen Okay, I'm not going to stop you from doing that. But in this case, it's Zen And Abaya told him, I'll be honest with you, I tried coming up with Aitzes, I couldn't. And if that's the case, what you're doing is causing them damage. If it's causing them damage, you have a, a din of a mazik begroma, and you're obligated to now go and correct the problem that you created. Either way, we return to our Mishnah, which was discussing, again, different takonois that were put into place, mipnei darkishol. So the Mishnah said, mitsudois chayo v'oifois v'dogin, yesh behem mishum gezel, so we're talking about traps and different types of nets that somebody set to catch either a chaya, an oif, or a fish, and he caught something. The question is, can I now go into your trap and take the thing that you caught? Do we say that being that it was caught in your trap, it belongs to you? Or maybe not? And the Mishnah said that everybody agrees that it's not okay. Stating that, there's a machloik is what the reason is. The Chachamim in the Mishnah said, Yeish behem mishum gazel, you're not allowed to take it, but only in the Bnei Darkish Shalem. Chalk this up as an example of a Takaros Chazal that was made poshid for the sake of peace. Rabbi Yossi said, no, this is a situation where it's going to be Gezel Gomer. So in that sense, we have a machloikis between Rabbi Yossi and the Chachamim, whether this is Gezel Gomer, Shittas Rabbi Yossi, or whether this is merely Mipnei Dar Kishon. So the Gemara says that we have to clarify first what type of Mitsudais the Mishnah was referring to. And that is, So if these traps were made of either Oizli or Uari. So what are Oizli and Uari? So Rashi says Oizli. These are Rishasais. These are nets that are made of strings. And that's the punchline. The point is, there's a receptacle. It has a base keyboard. It's like a box of some sorts. It's something that the animal falls into and you now happen. Oyari is the same thing, but instead of the net being made of it's made of gummy. In that case, everybody agrees that what? That it's gezel. Meaning, even the Chachomim Amoyedet to Rabbi Yossi, that this is going to be a real gzela problem. And this is not merely Bipnei Dark Yisholem. And the reason is, Rashi says, Top Rashi on Dafsa Mechalaf on Medalef, because then we look at these nets, these traps, the Metsudais, as being a keli. And Kalev Shal Adam is koinaloi. Just like a person's chatzah could be koin of him, a person's keli could be koin as well. So as a result, I was koinet. I was koinet with my keli. If I was koinet with my keli, you can now go ahead and take something to allow this koin So in that case, there'd be no machloikis. Keep pligi. What was the machloikis? Belechi vikukari. So lechi, Rashi says, is a hook. Kukari is where somebody will have like a very, very long string and via the string, like a, like literally a fishing rod, you'll go and you'll be able to catch the animal that way. So being that in those cases, the trap, the Mitsudais, doesn't have a base keeple, so we don't look at it as being a keli that has the ability to be kaino. Now it's just my Mitsuda that caught Good. Everyone agrees you're not allowed to take it. However, according to the Chachamim, it's only Mipnei Darke Shalom. According to Rabbi Yossi, it's going to be Gezel Gomer. Now, what's the difference if it's Mipnei Darke Shalom or if it's Gezel Gomer? Meaning, either way, it sounds like it's something that you're not allowed to take. So that's going to play itself out in this next Gemara that we're about to learn. Zokt the...
Gemara Vaita. So the Mishnah had said, Metzias Cheres Shoite Vekaton, Yesh Behem Mishum Gezel, Mibnei Dark Yisholem. If a Cheres Shoite Vekaton find a lost object. So the Allah is, if you take it from them, you're a Gazlin, Mibnei Dark Yisholem. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, Gezel Gomer. No, it's not Mibnei Dark Yisholem, but rather it's going to be Gezel Gomer. So the Gemara and Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda said, Gezel Gomer Midivrein. Even Rabbi Yosef that said, that it's Gezel Gomer. He didn't mean Gezel Gomer Midei Raisa. All he meant to say was that it's Gezel Gomer Midirabonah. So you have a din of a Gazlin de Rabbanon. You don't have a din of a Gazlin de Raisa. So here the Gemara asks the Kasha, if that's the case, so what then is the Machloikis between Rabbi Yosef and the Chachamim? Meaning, Rabbi Yosef says Gezel Gomer, which we just clarified, Rav Chizda said, it means Gzela de Rabbanon. The Chachamim said, Gezel Mishum Tarke Shalom, which sounds like it's Gzela Mid Rabbanon. So say Rabbi Yosef, say the Chachamim hold, that it's Gzela de Rabbanon. If that's the case, what's the Nafkimino? Meaning, Bishlam if Rabbi Yosef, when he said Gezel Gomer, meant that it's Gzela de Raisa. Oh, so it's partial what the Nafkimino is. According to the Chachamim, it's Gzela de Rabbanon. According to Rabbi Yosef, it's Gzela de Raisa. What's the Nafkimino if you're a Gazel de Rabbanon, Gazel de Raisa? Number one. Were you over Nisa de Raisa? Were you over Nisa de Rabbanon? Rashi says, Are you possible? Edus mid Raisa. Right? There's so many Nafkiminas that we'll be able to come up with. But if we're telling that even according to Rabbi Yossi, all it is is Gazam of the then what is the Nafkimina? And the Gemara says, The Nafkimina is, Would Dayanim now go and take it away from you? If it's Gezel Gomer or Biamid Rabbanon, Dayanim are going to take it. Whereas according to Rabbanon, being that it's only Mipnei Darkish Olam, so we're telling you, we're recommending very, very strongly that you don't do it. But at the same time, if you're going to do it, the Dayanim are not going to go, and they're not going to take it away from you. Continuing along, the Mishnah said, Oni So this was another man who was on the top of an olive tree and he's there trying to collect olives. Obviously, it's a situation where he's allowed to take it. Maybe it was peya, maybe it was shikha, but the point is he's allowed to take it. So it says the Mishnah, Masha Tachtov, Gezom Ibn Dark Yisholem. If there's any Zesim that fall to the ground, meaning he didn't chop it with his hand, but they're lying on the ground. For someone to go ahead and take it, it's considered gzela, but not really gzela. It's only mipnei dark yisholem. Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yossi says gezel gomer that this is going to be considered gezel gomer. In the event that the ani would physically pick up the olive, and then he would throw it to the ground. In that case, everyone agrees it's Gezel Gomer. Meaning, the whole Machloik is in the Mishnah. Whether it's Gezel and Pnei Shalom, or whether it's Gezel Gomer, that's if the Oni never physically touched these Esim. They just fell while he was being Menakev Beresh Azayis. If, however, he was Likate, he physically had it in his hand, so then the Halach is, everyone agrees, it's going to be a regular Gzair. So the Gemara tells a story on this stuff. Rav Kana, Rav Kana was on his way to Hutzel. He saw a person, the Havashadi Ufi, Tamri. So this person took sticks, he was throwing it against a tree, and the Tamarin dates, it was a day tree were falling to the ground. So Rav Kahana sees this person is literally shaking the trees by throwing sticks at it. This tomorrow falling, it's raining fruit. So Rav Kahana runs. He picked up the tomorrow and he began to eat it. So this person saw what Rav Kahana was doing. He told him, How do you have a right to take it? Now, this person was a little bit of a lambden. He told him, oh, you're probably thinking because I didn't physically touch it. Because all I did was, is I'm just throwing sticks and it's falling by itself. But you should know, a lot of these tomorrow I picked up with my hands. And if that's the case, for you to just go now and start eating these fruits, I'm not so posh it. Kahana realized he was dealing with someone that knew how to learn. He knew the halachas. He knew the, the distinction between an oni hamanakif versus if he physically picked it up with his hand. Which was what the Bryce had just mentioned. 
Kedushin. So he told him, Oh, Measer the Rabbi Yoshia, I see you're from the city of Rabbi Yoshia and Kari Alel. And he said regarding Rabbi Yoshia, Vitzadik Yusoid Oilam, which is a rather dramatic reaction to this event that he saw. He says, Oh, Rabbi Yoshia, he's a Tzadik Yusoid Oilam. He trains his people and his congregants to know all the halachas. I see a mamash a baki in, in this halach in Shulchan Aruch, which not everybody knows. He was very, very impressed and he gave a big bracha. He was Meshabech, Rabbi Yoshio. He literally called him the Tzadik Yisraelim. The Mishnah continued and the Mishnah said, Even though Leket Shikhan Peh is meant Faniyah Yisrael, it's not meant Faniyah Oiv but if you see it, an Oni Oiv Dekechavim taking Leket Shikhan Peh, don't protest. And again, this is that talks about this Indian. If there are Aniyah Yisrael that are coming for Parnassah, and then all of a sudden you find a Nachri there, you should give him. If you're going to be Mavakr, Chayle Yisrael, and there are Chayle Nachrim there as well. You're supposed to be Mavakir the Chayle Nachrim. The Kaivrin may say Nachrim and may say Yisrael. The same is true for Kfura. And what's the reason for all the halachas of this Braisa? So this is a Braisa that's very much me Inyan le Inyan, but Oisa Inyan to the last halacha of the Mishnah. Either way, so the previous Mishnah mentioned a whole list of ideas, one having nothing to do with the next, where Chazal implemented halachas related to Darke Shalom. The Mishnah we're about to learn right now is going to continue. Me'inyin le'inyin be'oisai ha'inyin. And this is the last Mishnah here in Perak which is really the last Mishnah of a series of Mishnayas that began all the way in the beginning of Perak which discussed a whole bunch of random takonas that Chazal made. First, Mepnei Tikkun Oilam, then Mepnei Darke Shalom. Zok the Mishnah. Masheles Isha lechavirta a woman is allowed to loan to her friend who's choshed on shviyas, nafa, ukvara, v'rechayim v'tana. So a nafa and a kvara are different types of sieves. Rechayim is where you grind. Vitanur is an oven. So if a woman has a friend and she knows that her friend is chshuda ala shviyas, and she says, can I please borrow your rechayim? Can I use your oven? Yes. She's allowed to lend enough of the kfar the rechayim and the tanur. Avaloi tover However, you can't work together with her. So if you want to be tover you want to sift with her, or grind. In that case, it's not going to be okay. So before we go back, what does it mean that a person, in this case a woman, would be chshuda ala shviyas? So Rashi says, it's the first Rashi in the Mishnah, what does it mean she was chshuda ala shviyas? Lishmar peire shviyas min habir So one of the halachas that underpins dine shviyas is that there was a shaz beer. The shaz beer was a time where from this point forward, you're not allowed to eat from the payrois of your own field. Meaning, what happens on Shviyas? What happens on Shviyas is, a lot of halachas, but one of them is that all the payrois in your field become hafka, which means you can't treat your field as if it's your field. You have to treat it like it's hafka. Now, it doesn't say anywhere that I'm not allowed to take anything from my field. Of course I am. I'm like Gara from my neighbor who's allowed to walk into my field. But at the same time, if my neighbor wants to walk in, it's hafka, and therefore, he's allowed to. Now, the halacha is that 
Let's say you want to hoard your payers on shares. So it's Hefker. Anyone that wants to come into my field can come in. But at the same time, I want to have a stock pantry. I want to have a stock refrigerator. I want to make sure my cabinets have everything that it needs. More stuff in the basement. Let's say that's your thought process. So the luck is that it's okay. On some level, that's fine. However, there was a cutoff point when we say that if you're hoarding and you're stocking anything in your house, it's already usher. Usher on a very, very chomadiga level. That point was called the jazbir. What does it depend on? It depends on, was there any food left in the field? Meaning, if there's a certain min of food that is available in the field, so if your neighbor comes, he's going to be able to get it, so then you can have a stock of it inside your house. But the minute it's not available in the field, and the animals, for example, or any people that would come by wouldn't be able to get it anymore, so at that point, it's also for you to have it in your house. If you have it in your house beyond the jazbir and you eat it, it's mamash gewalt. It's very, very, very bad. So that's what the shas beer is. The shas beer is where I'm hoarding my own payers shviz. Once it comes to shas beer, at that point, it's not okay. I can't eat it for sure. So the Mishnah saying, what happens if you have a woman? She's chshud ala and she knocks on her neighbor's door and she says, you know, I'm cooking today. Would you be willing to come and help me cook? No. The answer is, I'm not allowed to. Why? Because being that she's chshud ala it's very possible that the payers shviz that she has already was payrise that noch this man beer and if I'm gonna work with you in the kitchen I'm going to be Messiah this terrible avera that you're doing right now which is you're cooking and ultimately going to be eating food that's already after this my beer. If however all you're asking me for is to borrow one of my utensils that's okay. So to loan you something is fine to actually roll my sleeves up and work with you in the kitchen that's not going to be okay. Another halacha the Mishnah says, Eishas chaver, mashelas le'eishas ha'ma'aretz, nafa u'kvar, eishas chaver. So a chaver in this context is someone that's not an ha'aretz. So a woman that's married to a younger man is a latter land to a woman that's married to an ha'aretz. Again, a nafa and a kvar. Over here, the Mishnah goes even weiter. And if she wants, she could be boyer with her, she could be teichem with her, merakedes, she could sift with her. These things are all going to be okay. Now, what would be the issue with an Eishas Chavar lending something to an Eishas Amar? So it's going to be a discussion with the Gemara, it's going to be a machloik of But Pashabshat, the issue is that an Amar was chashed on Tevel, right? He was chotcher not to eat chumas and That's why there's a meseches demai. So we're dealing with an eshes amaaretz who's chashuda on trumas umaisris. The halach is the eshes chaver is allowed to lend her the utensils that she's requesting. She could even be byreres toichenes umirakedes. Hagam, it's very possible that the food that they're cooking and ultimately the dinner that's being prepared is going to be tabled. Now the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question. Why is it that when it comes to the woman that's chashud ala I can lend you the galem, but I can't work with you in the kitchen. But when it comes to the eshes ama'aretz, the Allah is say, I can loan you the galem, and additionally, I can work with you in the kitchen as well. It's going to be the Gemara's kasha. But the Mishnah continues and says that even though the eshes chavar is allowed to lend galem to the eshes ama'aretz, and not only could she lend the galem, but she could even be Bayreres, Teichenes, and Rakedesh. You could work with her in the kitchen. But there's one thing that even in this case doesn't work, and that is Abu Meshetatulas Amayim. Once the water already goes into the dough, meaning let's assume they're making challah now, right? They're preparing a bread. So as soon as the, the dough has water inside of it already, at that point, don't even touch it together with her. And the reason is because 
just like the Amei Ha'aretz were chashud on Tumas Umaitris, they were also chashid on Tumah V'tayr. And therefore, we're concerned that this Eishas Ha'aretz is Tameh. If she's Tameh, when she's going to work now with the dough, she's going to be metama the dough. What's the problem? The problem is the dough has challah inside of it. It's what's known as dough or something that's tovel l'challah. Meaning, even though you weren't mafresh the challah from it yet, but the challah is inside of it. And you're not allowed to be mechtam challah. That's something that's very, very serious. And as a result, once there's water inside of it, then we're worried about the challah. Now, why are we only worried about the challah once you were tato b'mayim? Why are you not worried earlier? The reason is because the chiyuv challah first starts once you put the water inside of it. So until you put the water inside, I'm not really worried about the challah. Once you put the water inside, now I am worried about the challah. So now there's already a whole different issue. Now, you're going to be working together with her. You're being machzik in your day every avera because she might be metam of the chal. And again, even though it's not chal yet, but it's tovel chal. Once it's chal tevel, at that point, the chal is already inside. And it's for that reason that's not going to be okay. Says the Mishnah, the kulam layamru. Everything that we said up until this point, that is mutter. What did we say is mutter? That uh, a woman is allowed alone her kalim to her neighbor that's chshud al or a woman is allowed to loan her kalim to her neighbor, that's an Eishas Ha'aretz, and not just that, even work together with her. The reason you're allowed to do all these things is meaning really, it's not okay. Why am I giving my sifter to someone that is Chashan Antvias? It should not be okay. The Teretz is Dark Shalom. Why am I getting involved with the Eishas Ha'aretz and I'm going to be Isaac in her kitchen when she's not Nizr and all the different halachas? She doesn't keep a culture kitchen. Let's say it the way it is. So if that's the case, why am I helping her cook Shabbos? The Teretz is Mimtei Dark Yisholem. So really it shouldn't be okay, but Mimtei Dark Yisholem, it's going to be fine. On this note, Machsikin Yidei Nochrem Shviyas, you're allowed to be Machazik and Nochri on Shviyas. We'll see what that means in the Gemara. Avaloi Yidei Yisrael, not a Yid. Veshoyel and Veshloyman, you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem to a Nochri also. And the reason you could do these things, even though it sounds like maybe it shouldn't be so Pashid, is Mimtei Dark Yisholem. Either way, the Gemara begins with the Kasha, the Kasha that we spoke out when we were going through the mission. Okay. The Mishnah, let's get this clear, is discussing a woman who's an upkehit in a She has a neighbor that wants help in the kitchen. This woman is chashud al specifically on the laws of beer. Says the Mishnah, you want to lend her your nafa, your kvar, your echayim, your tanner, it's fine. But if you want to roll your sleeves up with her and actually work with her in the kitchen, you have a woman who has a neighbor who's an eshes amaretz. She comes to you and she says, can I borrow one of the kalim? Same Allah. Yes. Will you work with me in the kitchen? Even that's fine. The only time that's an issue is Mishatato Asamayim. At that point, because of Tevel Hatovel Lechala, then Laitiga Ima, because now already you're somehow facilitating her being Metama Dechala. But the Kasha is, Maishno Reisha, Umaishno Seifa. Why in the Reisha with Yishu Das Chashud Alashviz? The Mishnah says, you're not allowed to work with her in the kitchen. Umaishno Seifa, the Eishas Amma Oretz, who would seem to be Chashud on Tevel and all the things that Amma Oretz is. Chashud in there, it's Mut to work with her in the kitchen. Amra Abayas, Abayas the first of the two truths in the Gemara. Abayas said, Roiv Amma Yoretz Ma'asrin Heim. He said, Apash the Teretz. He said, the Reisha, what's the Chashash? She's Chashud Alashviz. If she's Chashud Alashviz, we're worried that maybe she's violating this Ishviyas, which is an Isidai Raisa, by the way. And as a result, you can't get involved. You can't be Messiah, the very that she's doing. The Seifetz in Eishas Amaretz. What are you worried about? Presumably Tevel. Are you worried about Tevel? I hear it. The Amiyaretz will chashen on Tevel. But remember, Roiv Amiyaretz Ma'asrunen. And that's why all the coolest that you find in Hilchas Demai, because really, 
Rive would tell you not to be concerned. But being that the Rive is supporting that this is not a problem, it's only a miyot, it's only a shashtir abonon, that we view as a shudos, it's for that reason, it's not going to be an issue. So the difference between the Reish and the Seif is in the Reish, she's a shudom and and the Seif, she's only a shudom and What do you mean? She's an amma. Yeah, but He said, When the Mishnah said that an Eshes Chavar is allowed to interact with an Eshes Amaaretz regarding the kitchen, he didn't mean the Amaaretz that we're usually acquainted with as it relates to laws related to food. Meaning, we don't mean an Amaaretz that's Choshed on being Mafresh Shumas Umaisis, but we mean Rameir's Amaaretz. And what we're discussing here are the laws not of Tevel and Shumas Umaisis, but rather what we're discussing are the laws of Tumit Tahira, which are Merinit Halachas Drabhan. So what's this Rameir? The time you learn to the Bible is that Amaaretz. What's an Amaaretz? Call Sheinoi Oichel, Chulu Betahira, Devir Rameir. Rameir says, any person that's not Nizr to eat his Chulu Betahira has a din of an Amaaretz. So we know that Shuma, Chala, these things, you're not let it eat patoma. Very, very calm. What about chulin? Does a person have to be careful to be tahar when he eats chulin? Does a person have to be careful that his chulin be tahar more accurately? So the halach is that midiraisa is not a problem. That's the pashtas. But midirabonon is an issue. Rameir said that a person that's not oichel chulin b'tahira, he has a din of an amaaretz. No, he doesn't have a din of an amaaretz. But an amaaretz is kolsha in a ma'asa peiroyz. Someone that doesn't get ma'asa, but someone that's not nizr and that din the rabbanon of eating chulin b'tahira, that doesn't make that person an amaaretz. What's Rava's teretz? Rava said that the safe of the Mishnah was not talking about an eshes amaaretz where the amaaretz was choshen on tevel. We're talking about an eshes amaaretz where the amaaretz was choshen to eat chulin b'tahira. To not eat chulin b'tahira is a din derabanon. If all it is is a din derabanon, so over here we could be more makel and we could say that you're allowed to land and you're even allowed to work with her. But as it relates to the Reisha the Mishnah, where the Reisha is talking about an Isha that's chshud we're dealing with beer, which is a din derisa. We're dealing with a din derisa. So over there, it's going to be a problem. But the Gemara says that how could you tell me that the safe of the Mishnah, the Isha Samaaretz, is not a a woman that's chshuda on tevel, but rather she's a woman that's chshuda on tome v'tayra. For midiktani sefer, what did the sefer of the Mishnah say? Mishetatol asamayim loitigo ima. That once you put water inside, at that point you're not allowed to touch it. Why? Because now you're worried about the chal of a slicked in the tevel, and now you're worried about being metam the chal. What does it sound like? Mechlal the reisha lava tome v'tayra skinon. It sounds like in the reisha there was no tome v'tayra issue. Meaning it sounds like it wasn't mukhsha yet lekabel tome. Meaning because the Mishnah says that you're allowed to work in the kitchen, but once there's water, you can't. So it sounds like when you're allowed to is when there's no water. Now, if there's no water, then it's not mukhsha lekabotoma. If it's not mukhsha yet lekabotoma, so what's the issue of the problem that she's a woman, that she is not nizer teet chulam At this point, there's no issue anyways, because at this point, the food wasn't mukhsha lekabotoma. It wasn't mukhsha lekabotoma. So what's the problem anyhow? So the Gemara says, no, it's not true. I hear the diak, but I can tell you, Reisha the Sefer, but Tumah Vataira. Side the Reisha, side the Sefer, are both talking about Tumah Vataira. However, the Reisha betumas chulan, the Sefer betumas achala. Meaning, the whole issue over here is don't get involved because of the fact that she's not nizer and chulam And if that's the case, if it's not mukhshal akabotoma, it shouldn't be a problem. The Territ says the whole mission is talking about where it was mukhshal akabotoma, and therefore it's a problem. What's the chiddush of the sefer? Not that it, now it's mukhshal akabotoma. The chiddush of the sefer is that you're already at the point where there's an issue of Thomas chala, where it's already chayv and chala. Meaning, when 
the food is but not yet that's when we're more mekel. Because even though there's an issue of chulam b'tayra, but being that all it is is an issue of so we'll be more mekel. Once, however, it's tatlba asamayim, what's the chiddush of tatlba asamayim? Not now it's mukshal akabotoma. It was always mukshal akabotoma. It'd be no problem in this whole sugi if it wasn't mukshal akabotoma. But now it's already at this point where it's chayv and chala, right? The chayv chala doesn't happen right away. You need a certain darga in the preparation of the food. And that's Mishatatu Basamayim. So once you Tatu Basamayim, and now you're ready at that point, that's when it's going to be an issue. Either way, so we have two Mahalchem had to learn the Mishnah. In the Reish of the Mishnah, if you have a woman that's Chashud al you're allowed to lend enough of the Kfar Yechayim and the Tana, but you're not allowed to work with her. In the safe of the Mishnah, the Isha, that's an Eshes Amaret, Sai you can lend, and Sai you can even work with her. What's the chilek? Machlik is According to Baya, in the ratio we're talking about beer, she's choshen on beer, which is an isa raisa, so she's a chshud on dini de raisa. In the safer we're talking about an isha samaaretz, roiv amayaretz, maaster names, even though it's a shaila of a din de raisa, tevel's a din de raisa, but she's only a chshud of the rabbanon because roiv amayaretz, maaster, according to Rav, the chilek is in the ratio. Again, we're dealing with beer, which is an isa de raisa, and in the safer, what we're dealing with is din uh, the because we're not talking about your traditional Amaaretz we mean the Amaaretz the Rameir Rameir is Amaaretz Rameir is Chiddush that Kol She'ini Oichel Chudu Betahira also is an Amaaretz so that's what the Mishnah means when the Mishnah is referring to an Eishas Amaaretz I'll ask you Akasha from a Bryce the Bryce says Toichanin Umafkidin Eitzel Oichel Yishviyas a person that has wheat it's like he He's allowed to grind the wheat and he can give it as a pekadin by someone that's from the Oichle Shvias, meaning someone that's not Nizer in the laws of Shvias. What's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is that you would have thought that maybe I shouldn't be able to do it because maybe the person that I gave the pekadin to is going to swap out his food that he owns with the food that I gave him as a pekadin. So, it's going to come out that when he returns the Pekadon to me, what he's returning to me is Peros that violated the Isabir on Shviyas. So the Chiddush is, Kamash Malon, that we're not worried about that. So I can now be Toichen, Umafkin, Eitzeloich, Shviyas. We're not worried that the Shoymer Pekadon is on top of not being Mizer and Shviyas. He's Eichet Aganev, and he's going to swap out my Pekadon with his own Shire, and when he's going to return it to me, it's not going to be okay. Additionally, the eight salochla perisayim betoma. I'm also allowed to give it to someone that's not nizr in the laws of toma v'tahira. Again, what would be the concern? The concern would be if he's not nizr in toma v'tahira. So how do I know he's not going to touch it, or how do I know he's not going to swap it out? And I'm going to get something that's tummy. It's not something that I have to be concerned with. So toichan in umafkidin again eight salochle shvius the eight salochle perisayim betoma. Avol, what you're not allowed to do is loy le oichle shvius for loy lo oichle perisayim betoma. I'm not allowed to grind, I'm not allowed to work in the kitchen together with someone that's Eichel Shviyas, or together with someone that eats his Paris Petoma. So again, if I want to take my own Tfua and give it to someone that's Eichel Paris and Shviyas when he's not supposed to, or he's Eichel Paris and Petoma when he's not supposed to, so that's okay. I can let him watch my Pekadon. He's not Puzzle in Hilcha Shoimrim. You would think maybe he is, because... I don't know, he's not such a reliable person. And how I know? He's not going to swap it out. So maybe he's going to give me back Perish Vis. He's going to give me back Perish Tadatami. That's not a concern. But to work with him in the kitchen, that's already something that is going to be okay. What's the kasha? 
It's a kasha on Rava. The kasha is from the last line. The Mishnah says, You're not allowed to work with someone in the kitchen if he's someone that's Eichel Peres. The way Rava learned the Mishnah, the safe of the Mishnah was talking about Ramez Amaretz. Ramez Amaretz is someone that's not nizit to be Eichel Chulam B'tahayra. And what did the Mishnah say? You're allowed to work with him in the kitchen. How does it stem? So again, the first part of the price is no shaykh as to what we're discussing in the Mishnah. Giving a pakad, the Mishnah didn't talk about that. The Mishnah's talking about lending him stuff or working with him in the kitchen. Good. When the Mishnah says that you're not allowed to work with Eichel Shvias in the Mishnah, it, it, now I work with Eichel Shvias in the kitchen. The Mishnah said that. So that's also not shver. The kasha is the last words. This is a kasha on Rava. It's a head-on kasha. The way Rava explained the Mishnah. Amir Abaya, Abaya. Taisva says that Abaya is defending Rava. And Abaya says, don't, I mean, Taisva says, don't be impressed and don't think it's a kasha. Abaya is defending Rava. Abaya is nine to five is to argue with Rava. Why is he suddenly defending Rava? So Taisva says, that you find in different places that Abaya would do that. But again, it's a kasha on Rava and Abaya is the one that's answering it. So Abaya said, Now the issue over there is the person was a kai. Kayanim get truma. And if he's not an Israel and Tumma so now already he might eat Truma betoma, you can eat truma betoma, you can't have anything to do with that. You want to get involved in the kitchen with someone that eats chulam betoma, that's not the end of the world. That's an Isidir Abanon. That was Rava's whole beer in the Mishnah. But if you're going to get involved with a, a koyin that's chashat lechel truma betoma, that's already an Isidir Raisa. And being that that's already an Isidir Raisa, that's going to be more chamer. But the Gemara says, if the Mishnah is talking about a koyin, mafkidin is the halacha, they let it give it to him as a pekadim, or a minual, ask your kasha from a brice, mafkidin, truma, etzel yisrael, you let it be mafkid truma by Yisrael Amaretz, but not by Kayin Amaretz. And the reason is, because being that it's Libay Gaspa, he's someone that usually eats truma, so there's a concern that he's going to touch it. And if he's going to touch it, he's going to make a tummy. So a Yisrael knows that in his house, truma's off limits. A Kayin in his house, truma's not off limits. So there's a halacha that says that if you want to give up a cotton, which is truma, to an Amaretz, it depends. If he's a Yisrael, so good, he knows it's off limits, it's not the end of the world, you can give it to him. But a Kayin Amaretz is not okay. If we're saying that the end of the Brisa, the last words of the Brisa, is talking about a Kayin, so all, you made an Akimtan out of it, the whole Brisa is talking about a Kayin. If the whole Brisa is talking about a Kayin, then how could the Brisa say, no, you can't be mafkid uh, truma by a kayan. It's a mafurisha b'raisa because he's libe gasper, afraid he's going to touch it. I'm Rabbi Lo. Rabbi Lo said, my skin of a klicheres hamuk of tzamid pasul. We're talking about where it was in a klicheres. Klicheres is not a kabbatoma, and it was muk of tzamid pasul. It's completely sealed off, so there's no way for him to be mitamid. Says the Gemara, "Velecha shemet tesitenu ishtoni." Why aren't you worried that maybe his wife will be a nida, and if she's a nida, she's going to move it? And Allah has a nida's mitamid behesed, even if it's a klicheres that's muk of tzamid pasul. Elam Rabbi Yermias, Rabbi Yermias said, "You're right. That's not a good teretz. You have to say like kasha kamet perisho uchshu kamet perisho yochshu." When the brayser said. That line, was never Being that it was never so therefore you don't have to worry about it. When the Brisa says that Mafkidin Truma Eitzel Yisrael Amaretz Veloy Eitzel Kain Amaretz, so there it's talking about where it was Hochshel Kabotoma. If it was Hochshel Kabotoma, then already it's going to be a problem. Gemara asks another kasha. Viraminu, I'll ask you a kasha. If somebody takes chitin and he brings it to a toichin kuti or to a toichin amaretz, so he has chitin and he's taking it to a person that grinds, and this person was a kuti or he was an amaretz, so he's not nizer and tumah v'tayre, he's not nizer and tumah v'maisrus. That's what we're dealing with here. 
So the law is Harei Elu Bechaskason Lamaisu Lashvias. We assume it's Bechaskason as it relates to Maiser Vishvias. That's not what we need. What we need is the next part, Avaloilu Tumma. But as it relates to Tumma, not. And the reason is because we're concerned that maybe he touched it. Meaning, somebody took Chitin. He was Mafrish Tumas Vamaisu from the Chitin. And then he went to a toichin, it was a kuti amaretz, and he, he asked him to please grind it. When he returns it to him, he could assume that the meiser was taken from it, and, and it's not violating the laws of shvias. Why? Because if you gave it to him, when you had already been mafashumas and meisers, and when you gave it to him, it wasn't perish shvias, so whatever you gave him, we assume he gave you back. But as it relates to tumma, you have to be concerned. Why? Because maybe he was metamet. So what do you see from here? That if you give a pekodin to someone that's not Nizra and Toma Vataira, you have to be concerned that maybe he was metamet. What's the kasha? How does the shtem with the b'raisa? Again, the b'raisa that was brought on the top of the Yomit, where we said, Toichanin umafkidin eitzel oichle shviyas, veitzel oichle perisein betoma, and we're not concerned he's going to be metamet. Here, you see, we are concerned he's going to be metamet. So the Gemara says, Hi, my Romeo. What kind of kasha is this? Meaning, we just asked a very similar kasha and already answered it. What? Is the teretz Kimno? Didn't we say regarding the kasha that we asked in the previous brisa, and we already made an akimta in this brisa, and we said the perish loyuchshiru? That's talking about the perish marnuchshiru. No, it's the perish marnuchshiru. What's the kasha again? Our brisa, the brisa on the top of is talking about perish loyuchshiru. This brisa is talking about where the perish marnuchshiru. Oh, it's loyuchshiru kabatuma. That's the problem. So the Gemara says it's such an obvious kasha. The kardam akardam. What was the problem? What were you even thinking? So the Gemara says you're right. And the reason we asked this kasha is because we wanted to ask. Another kasha. What's the other kasha? So I think before we see the other kasha, let's just come up for breath for one second. Let's just take, uh, make a little bit of a, a, a recap of the cheshbon, and we'll just finish the gemara. It's going to end very, very smoothly. And that is again, the Mishnah was discussing halachas that was said in A woman is allowed to lend her kalim to her, her friend. That's chshudalashvias, but to work with her, that already she's not allowed to do. Additionally, a woman's allowed to lend her kalim and even work with her in the kitchen. For a friend, that's a that's an ashes am ha'aretz. Why? Really, we frown upon both of these things because they're both a little slippery. They're both a little bit negaya yisurim. But these are both things that we said is going to be okay. But the question was maishna reisha maishna seifa. Why would the isha that's chshud alashvias is the halacha that you can lend her the kalim but you can't work with her? But the ashes am ha'aretz, dear the halachas you can lend her the kalim and you can even work with her. What's the difference? And we had two terutzim. Abaya said that. The difference is the isha that's chshud alashvias. She's a chshud medayraisa. The isha samaaretz is only a chshud medrabanan because even though she's chashin on table, which is in this dayraisa, but roiv amayaretz maasrinein. Rava said a different text. Rava said that we're not talking about a regular. If this was a regular amaaretz, it'd be a problem. But we're not. We're dealing with the amaaretz that are mayor. Her whole issue is that she's not nizet to eat chulim bete hayer. Her whole issue is that she doesn't eat chulim bete hayer. That's in this drabanan. All it is in this drabanan. So therefore, in that situation, we're comfortable being a little bit more makeup. The Gemara introduced the Braisa to the Sugya to ask Akasha from Rav. The Braisa said two halachas, a Reisha and a Seifa, and it was the end of the Seifa that posed a difficulty to Rav. What was the halacha at the end of the Seifa? The halacha was that you're not allowed to work in the kitchen with someone that's chasha to be an Eichle Shviyas and someone that's chasha to be Eichle Perisayim Betoma. Now, you're not allowed to work in the kitchen with someone that's Eichle Perisayim Betoma, According to Rava, the safe of the Mishnah is talking about someone that's Eichel Perisayim Betom. And it's time before she could work in the kitchen. It's not a kasha. The Mishnah is talking about someone that's Eichel Chulim Betom. Whereas that price is talking about someone that's Eichel Truma Bechulim. Oh, it's a whole different sogia. One's Rabbah, one's Dairai. Right? Rava never said it over there. I laid it. Done. That really ends the sogia. 
But once we brought a brisa, so no, let's talk a little bit uh, about the brisa. And the Gemara digressed a little bit to talk about the brisa and not the safe of the brisa, which was the whole punchline, which is why we brought and introduced the brisa into the sugya. But it was the ratio of the brisa. What was the ratio of the brisa? If a person has wheat. He wants to now take his wheat, this is and he wants to give it to someone that's chashed. Can you watch this pekadin for me? So if you're asking this person to watch your goat, it wouldn't be a problem. But it's not a goat. It's chitin. It's, it's something that's subject to, is it kosher? It's not kosher, right? It's not so posh to go ahead and do this. So the Bryce said, You can do it. Give it to someone that's an oichel shviz, meaning in a bad way, or someone that's oichel by saying betoma, no worries. Why would you think it should be worries? Because maybe when he returns it to you, he's going to return to you per shviz, saying, now let it eat. Maybe he's going to be metama what it is you gave him. You don't have to worry about it. In both of those situations, you don't have to worry about it. And it's regarding this halacha that the Gemara is getting excited. Where I say, really? You're not worried he's going to be metamet? What do you mean? I know we are worried he's going to be metamet. And the Gemara clarified. The Gemara said, no, we're talking specifically where it wasn't mukhshul akabotumah. If you're machshul akabotumah, then there's a chashash. You might touch it. Oops, and now all of a sudden it's tummy. He's not nizr and tumah v'tayr. You're going to end up with an issue. But if it wasn't mukhshul akabotumah, then you're not worried. So you're not worried he's going to swap it out. You're not worried he's going to touch it. Why not? Because it's already mukhshul akabotumah. As a result, there is no issues. So the Gemara asked the kasha, answered it. Gemara asked another kasha, which the Gemara said wasn't really a kasha, but it was all a setup for the next kasha we're about to ask. So here we are. That if somebody gives again tfua to a person that's chashud, that loch is, it's not a problem. We're not concerned. Everything is okay. Meaning, we're not worried that the person's going to swap it out. Faith is not true. I'll ask you a kasha. If somebody gives tfua to his mother in law, to his shvigar, before he gives it to her, he has to be ma'aser. And when he takes it back from her, he is going to have to give ma'aser again. Because she's chashud that mechalefes amiskalko. That in the event that something goes bad, and as a result, it's not going to cook well or bake well, she might swap it out. So we're talking about someone that has a mother-in-law who's married to an amaritz. Meaning his shver is an amaritz, his shvigas an eshes amaritz. So he now gave her food. Gave her tfua, will you make, bake me a cake? So the Allah is, when you take it back from her, you have to treat it like the Mai. Because we're afraid that even though what you gave her, you already were mafish tumas and maizus from, but it could be when you take it back, she gave you something else. Why would she give you something else? Because she's chashuda. What if the cake didn't go the way she planned? She might make her own cake. So you don't know that what she's giving you came from the chitin that you gave her. And as a result, you're going to have to Treat it as it's tonight. What's the kasha? You see, clearly she's chashud that she's mechalefes, which is shver with the Mishnah that said that if you give a pekodin, you don't have to be worried. It's also a kasha on the halacha that we brought. Again, twice we said the same halacha that we're not concerned that they're going to swap it out. Here you see, when it comes to chamoisa, we are concerned. No, that's a very special case. And Chazal already explained it. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, the one who said it, writes, meaning it's 
Tafka over there. Ordinarily, a person is not chashut. So if you give it to a toichin, you give it to a shaman pekadim. We're not worried that the person is going to swap it out. It's tafka in that case where it's your mother-in-law. Mother-in-law wants her daughter to have good food. It's shtickle embarrassed from the son-in-law. So because of these cheshboynes, she wants takonas bita, and she stares from the Aiden. So they were worried that if it doesn't go right, she's going to swap it. But ordinarily not. I'll ask you another cash from the Mishnah. So this is a person who is a Talmud. Who's staying by a Pundakis, right? He's staying by a Pundakis, right? He's staying by a Kachman somewhere. So he goes over to the woman. He says, you know, I bring my own food. I don't take risks. But will you please go now and make me some food? So the Allah is, when you take it back, again, you have to treat it like the man. Why? Because we're concerned that she might swap it out. What's the kasha? Again, the same exact question. If you're worried that she's going to swap it out, you see, there is a kasha, but the Gemara says, again, there it's unique. We're afraid that maybe it's going to not come out so good, and she's going to say, I have this young rabbi, my Mazel, I have this hush of a person staying by me. I want to make sure this person has the best food. Good intentions, but it's going to be a disaster because she's going to give her something. You know, she's an Eish Samaritz. So therefore, you have no choice, but you have to go ahead and treat it like mine. But again, one last kasha. Ordinarily, when I wear it, I'm to the right. And Eish's chaver is a lot of work in the kitchen together with an Eish's Samaritz. In the event that the Eishas Chavar is Tameh. Not while she's Tameh. So the Bryce is addressing an issue that if an Eishas Chavar is going to work together with an Eishas Amaretz in the kitchen, we're concerned a little bit that she might eat the food. Being that she's an Eishas Amaretz, a real Eishas Amaretz, she's Chashem on Tevel, you can eat that. So the, Mish, the Bryce has an interesting halacha. That if she's Tahir, it's a problem. But if she's Tameh, it's not a problem. And the reason if she's Tameh, it's not a problem, because we'll assume in the event that she's Tameh, that probably the woman is going to know not to eat the food. Because when a woman was Tameh, so she had to be more careful with what she touched, what she didn't take. So therefore, we're going to assume that she's not going to take the food. And being that we're going to assume that she's not going to take the food, so it's for that reason, this is not something that you have to be worried about. Even if she's Tameh, you shouldn't. Because we're afraid that her friend is going to give her the food. Meaning, you're not going to take it, but she's going to give it to you. And if she gives it to you, you may not refuse it. And as a result, you're going to end up eating Tefa. So the Chachamim held that if you're Tameh, so you're careful, don't worry about it. Meaning, you're not going to eat the food because a woman that's Tameh knows not to just eat food. Shimon Allah says, what if she gives it to you? I'm worried about that. So what's the Gemara's Kasha? The Gemara says, you see from here that an Eishas Amaret is a Ganev. Why? Because she's taking her husband's food and giving it to her friend. If she's taking her husband's food and she's giving her friend, she's a Ganev. So certainly you would think she's Chashud to go ahead now and to do a Chalipin and to swap the food out. So the Gemara has to Mignav Ganvo if she's chashed on Geneva, she certainly should be chashed on doing a Maisa Chalipin. So how could you tell me that Amaret is not chashed on Chalipin? Side the Brisa talking about you can give your food as a Pekodin to an Amaret, you don't have to worry, he's going to swap it out. And side the Mishnah said that if you go to a 
a toichen kuti, a toichen amaretz, you can give it an areelu bechaskosan. Everything is okay. You see from here that the eshes amaretz is chashen on gzela. If she's chashen on gzela, she's chashen on switching it. If she's going to physically take her husband's food, she might swap out your food as well. That's the Gemara's kasha. Meaning, ordinarily, amaretz is not chashen on gzela. It's chashen on tevels, chashen on this. He's not chashen on doing a chalipim. But here you see she is chashen on gzela. I'm Rabbi Yisro. I said, no, it's not a righteous chashen on gzela because hasam nami. I can tell you, muriyah va'amra tura medisha ka'achel. I can tell you that really she's not chashen. In this case, it's a mayrahata. What's the mayrahata? She's going to say that the shar is allowed to eat while he's threshing. What does this mean? We know it's a lav in the Torah. So she's going to make a chesh. How could I not let my neighbor eat? So in her mind, it's mutter. So really, she's not a ganev. She's just a mayrahata. And we always speak out the Rashbam in Baba Basra. But the Rashbam says, the Gemara says, Ruben b'gzela. Right? Roiv people are nichshel and gzela. Why? Suck the Rashbam. Not because roiv people are bad people. But roiv people are mayrahata. Right? All gzela is underpinned on some level with a muriyuva amra. But over here, it's a very pronounced muriyuva amra. It's a mayrahata. Really, she's not a chashur. I mean, that she's not a chasha. This is not something that really we have to be worried about. Exhale. So, as it relates to raid, so the raid for today's daf, and then a metzushem again, the raid for tomorrow's daf. We're going to go back to yesterday's daf, seven and a half years ago that was, and talk a little bit about the Indian of of Shabbat, which is from the Dvarim Ha'Oimdim Berumay Shalayla. So the Gemara had said. On Daf Samachamid Beis, about ten lines from the top. Darish Rabbi Yehuda Bar Nachmani, Meturgamone the Rab Shimon Ben Lakish. So Rabbi Yehuda Bar Nachmani, he was the Meturgaman of Rab Shimon Ben Lakish, and he said the following trash. Ksev the pasuk says, "Vayemer Hashem Al Moshe, Ksav Lucha Es Hadvarim Aela, Kealpi Hadvarim Aela Karati Itcha Bris the Es Yisrael." So he said, "Right Es Hadvarim Aela." Why? Kealpi Hadvarim Aela Karati Itcha Bris. That's Yisrael. So the Meturgam of Rabbi Shem Ben Lakish, he was very, very bothered. Why was he bothered? Because from the fact that it says, it sounds like Torah is meant to be written. But then it says, Alpi sounds like Torah has to be said. So how do you reconcile this? So he said the following, He said, Torah had to be written. And not only had to be written, And then there was the Torah Shabbat was something that could not be written. The Gemara continued, and the Gemara talked a little bit more about the ter- Indian of Teresh Shabbat and the Gemara said, Om Rabbi Yoichanon, like Karaz HaKadosh Baruch Hu Prism Yisrael, Ela Bishvil Teresh Shabbat Peh, Shenever Ki Alpi HaDvar Me'ela Karat Itcha Bris Ves Yisrael, and the Bris, the Dogish of the Bris is Alpi HaDvar Me'ela, it's referring to the Teresh Shabbat Peh. So once upon a time, the Torah, which is everything, it's... It's beracious, it underpins every fiber and every moment and every tenu of every single year. The Torah, once upon a time, was perceived as being shnei Torahs. Of course, shtayim sheinachas. But fundamentally different. There was Torah Shabiksav and Torah Shabbat, which again, complement each other and together make up the but at the same time, really two units, which were very, very different. There was the written, and then there was the oral, which was the written, is the written, 
The oral is the Messiah. It's the, the Teresh of Apeh. And they had to be that way. Dvorim shebiksav iator reshoi lo omrem malpeh and dvorim shebalpeh iator reshoi lo omrem biksav. So because it's late, we'll just start, make aschala, and then be'ezra Hashem will be mashlim everything tomorrow. So first things first, it feels from the way we've always understood this Indian of dvorim shebalpeh Iato Rashoi le Koisvan and Dvarishem Bixav Iatna Rashoi le Imre Malper that the Geda Dvarim was that there's an Isser to recite Teresh Bixav Valper. So if you want to say a Pasig in the Torah and you don't have a Chomish in front of you, Osser. And Dvarim She Balper, it was Osser to write. In fact, if you ask the man on the street, when was it that it became okay to write Teresh Bapeh? He'll tell you it was Rabbi Yudan Nasi. Ace lastly slashem, he feiru Teresecha. Rabbi Yudan Nasi realized that in the event that Teresh Bapeh was not going to be written, eventually it was going to be forgotten. And therefore he went and he was mechadish. That even though there's an Isra, and it sounds like it might be an Isra of writing Teresh Bapeh, but Poshit. Because of a concern that Torah maybe would be forgotten, so he said, Hey, Feru Torah Sech, we're going to be made for a din in the Torah, Pasha, because I'm concerned that if we're not going to do this, it's very, very possible that Torah is going to be forgotten. This is the Pasha, stating that if you take a look at Rabbi Ruven Margolis's Sefer right here, Nitzoytzeyar, he says that it's a mistake. It's a mistake, and this is Pasha fundamental, it's foundational in terms of understanding how life was once. He begins by making a The Gemara says, What does it mean? It's a funny lotion. You can't say it, Bixav. What does it mean? Yeah, you can't say something that you can look inside and read from inside. But what does it mean? Just the funny way of saying it. Says Rabbi Ruvim Argolis. The Teretz is Pasha. The Teretz is. There's a Gemara in the Sech the Shabbos Tavav Amadeis. Moreover, there's talking about the Lamites Malachis. And the Gemara says, Oh my Rav. Rav said, Motsasi Megillah Storim Bey Rabchia. I found a hidden scroll in the Yeshiva of Rabchia. The Kost of Ba. And it said the following. Isi Ben Yehuda. Isi Ben Yehuda said, Ovis Malachis Mem Chazar Achas. There are 39 Ovis Malachis. Ve'enay Chayev Ela Achas. And it says, And a whole discussion in the Gemara, what this Megillah Starim meant. A little bit cryptic. But the bottom line is, Rav said, I found a hidden scroll. Talk to Hilgarashi. What does it mean, I found the Megillah Starim? Shehisti Ruah. This was a scroll that had Torah written on it, but it was hidden. And the reason is, Because this was a time where Torah Shavapel was not allowed to be written. Therefore, 
Chadoshim she'enishnim bebeis hamedrash. If a yachid would hear a chiddush, something that, as far as he knows, the olam doesn't know, v'koysvenoisam, he would write it. Shaloyishtakhu, so it shouldn't be forgotten. But at the same time, mysterious on the gilly, he would go ahead and he would hide it. So Rav said, I found the Megillah Starim. And Rashi tells us the history of the Megillah Starim. You know what the history is? Because sometimes a person would be learning, he would hear a Chiddush. And he wanted to make sure that this Chiddush wouldn't be forgotten. So what do you do? He would write it. But the problem is, you're writing Tershavah so he would go ahead and he would hide it. The Kasha is, what do you mean you're hiding it? You're going to eat Chazah, but you're going to be hiding? You're going to do it when nobody's looking? Well, what does this even mean? What's this Indian that they would write to Tershavah but they would hide it. If it's also to write the Torah Shabbat you can't hide it. And if it's not also to write the Torah Shabbat then write it. Torah says it was also to write the Torah Shabbat So what exactly is this Megillah storm? It's very, very not clear. But it certainly sounds like it was mutter to go ahead and to write Torah Shabbat albeit as long as you do it in an Eidolaifen. And therefore it became known as the Megillah storm. Rabruva Margolis is Mitzayin another Maramakim. And this Maramakim is the Rambam in his classic Hakdama to his Yad Chazaka. So can you do it? The Rambam in his Hakdama to the Yad Chazaka, he goes through the whole Shalshalas of the Torah Shabbat And then the Rambam says the following. He says, From the times of Moshe Rabbeinu until Rabbeinu HaKadosh, There was no Chibur that had ever been composed that was used to teach Torah Shabbat Peber Rabbim. Okay, we have to be medayit l'shoyne azav shal ha-Rabbim. Umi mois moishu rabbeinu v'ad rabbeinu ha-Kadosh. Loi chibru chibur, nobody wrote a composition, shemelamdim oisoy b'Rabbim b'Torah Shabbat Peber. That was made up of Torah Shabbat Peber, where somebody would use this book, this Gemara, and he would go teach Torah b'Rabbim. El. Every single generation, Rosh Bezden Oynavi, Shayyub Oysay Adar, the leader of the Dar, he would write for himself, he would write all the halachas that he was makabal from his rabbi. And then when it came time to teach it, he would teach it. Says the rabbi, call echad ve'echad, every person that was listening to this of darshan, he would go ahead and he would take notes. He would write it. And people would write all the chedushim of the dar. This is the way it was. Until Rabbeinu Hakadosh came. He was Makabit's all the different Shmuits. The Khaladin and the Khalabiyun and Vape Rushin Shishamu Shabakhola. So he went ahead and he took all these manuscripts that people had been writing. The Khiber Mehakal Sefer Hamishnah. And he made a Khibur, and that Khibur was called Sefer Hamishnah. The Shidanu Litalmidim Virabin. And then they, he and all the rabbis went and they would start teaching Talmidim Berabim from this Mishnayas. V'nigla l'chol Yisrael. V'kosfu kulam. Everybody started writing it. V'robtsu v'chol mokim. They started mass producing it. And why did he do this? Sh'loi tishtakach toirot shabal pem Yisrael. V'lom asr rabbeinu ha-kodesh kach v'loi niach adavu k'moyesha ha-yoh. And the rabbis says it's in Tzvaitamo. Why did he do this? L'fisharosh ha-talmidim esmaten v'holchem. V'atzoros mischatsho yisubayis. U'malchus roi mi poishetes boilom. 
umiskaberes. V'yisrael miskalgalim v'hochim le'kitzvois. Right, Mamash, all the raid that we spoke about last week in the Sugi of Kamsavar Kamsa. So it's for all of these reasons, chiber chibur echod liyos piyat kulam k'deshi lamdu b'meheira v'lo yishkach v'yeshev kol yom avu b'ezdine v'lomdu ha'mishnah b'rabim v'elam doyla chachonim and he goes and talks about Rabbi Danasi's bezdin, etc., etc. But the Rambam so, so clearly k'darke b'kodesh, he says, that Torah Shabbat Peh was always being written. Going back to the times of Maish Rabbeinu, people were writing Torah Shabbat Peh. Narvas, what didn't they do? What they didn't do is they didn't teach Torah Shabbat Peh but rather, when they would teach it, they would teach it Again, the Rambam's lashon was That's the dogush. They didn't create a chibur where they would teach from it balper. But when he came to teach, he would teach Baal And by the way, everyone's taking notes. They could take notes, then they weren't teaching anyways. That wasn't an issue. There's no problem writing Torah Baal The problem is taking Torah Baal and teaching it The Nakuda is not writing or not writing. The Nakuda is how you're giving it over. Are you giving it over or are you giving it over and that's what Rashi means in Shabbos, they would write it, but they would hide it. Why would they hide it? Presumably, so you shouldn't teach from it. So you shouldn't be michsel. Our Gemara was mamish like uh, something that can be machsel you. Because if you're going to open up a Gemara, you're going to start teaching Barabim, you are over the sister. So the Isra was never writing. Rashi says it, and the Ramam, it's Mufurish. That was never the problem. They were always writing. They were always writing, always manuscript. It's possible you can find a manuscript that's 3,000 years old. Nah, it's not a fraud. It could be real. It's possible. And even though it's Teresh of even if it's Mishnah, had Mishnahis in those days, there's no problem. The Chiddush was that they started teaching Torah and not relying on an oral tradition. The Chiddush Rabbeinu HaKadosh was is that he made one Chibur, that he mass-produced it. It wasn't just Kolecha Dechot Kaisalat. There's a lot of Chiddush, there's a lot in this Rambam, obviously. But at the same time, the actual Isser of writing Torah was never, it was never the Isser. There was never an Isser of writing Torah Shabbat. Zokhtar Ruben Ragolis, it's Mamush to Diyuk in the Loshan Agamaru. The Gemara says, okay, it's that. Dvarm Shabbik Sav, Iato Rashoil, Emir Balpeh. If it's Dvarm Shabbik Sav, you're not allowed to say it Balpeh. And Dvarm Shabbalpeh, Iato Rashoil, doesn't say Iato Rashoil, the Koisvan. Iato Rashoil, Oimram Biksav. You can't say it, Mitoichak Sav. Just like Dvarm Shabbik Sav, Iato Rashoil, Oimram Balpeh. You can't say it Balpeh. Dvarm Shabbalpeh, Iato Rashoil, Oimram Biksav. It's the same Oimram. You can't say it, Mitoichak Sav. But it doesn't say Yatar Rashoy Lakois. Because that's not true. Ayin Rashi Shabbos Davovam Ibez. And Ayin Akdomis Harambam to the Yad Chazak. Mamish Dvarim Neflam Viruyin Advarim Lamisha Omram. Pun intended. But that's the point. The point is, is that it's, there's no Issa to write Tarish of Apeh. The Issa was to take Tarish of Apeh and to say it and to teach it and to be an Omram, to be an Omram, Mitoich Aksav. We needed that the Messiah should be Baapeh. As opposed to the Messiah being mitoich haksav, it's interesting. Rabruvim Margolis kedarke b'kodesh, and this is in his sefer Mechkarim bedarke atalmud. So it's sif cotton yud zayin, and the name of it is called Hatorah Shabalpeh Alpeh. 
That's what it's called. So he says something very, very interesting. He talks about why was it that it was so important that Teresh Balpeh be Balpeh as opposed to being Bitoich Aksav. So there's a lot of Machshav and we have read bites on this. It's a very, very, again, foundational, fundamental Nakud in Yiddishkeit to understand why there was such a Kpeda on Teresh Balpeh being Balpeh. But he says something, Kedarkoi, and that is, he says that if you read something very, very often, you're missing out on some of the subtleties of what it is you're reading, and it's possible that you're going to make a mistake. And he says that's why it's so important to hear and to communicate and to be pun upon him and it should be oral, because like this, things don't get lost in the rigidness of what it is is written. And he gives examples. I'll just mention a few. One of them is an example that we had last week, where the Gemara talks about the Bar de Roima. So this was uh, the Gemara that talked about Churban Beitar, and we had the, the Bar de Roima, it was actually Churban Torah Melech, which maybe is Churban Beitar, but either way, so he got punished. What happened to him, right? He was this very, very mighty person, and he was mamish threatening the, the Roman Empire. And then he said over the Pasuk, the Pasuk he said was, Lama Elikim Zinachtanu, right? What did he say? He said that, He said, We don't need you, Abishta. Right? You're not something we need. We can handle this by ourselves. It's not necessary for you to get involved. So the Gemara says, Yeah, there's a time on the Bible for saying this. Who was he quoting? He's quoting David Amalek. Haloi David Amalek Amros and says no. David Amalek was at Muye Kometamo. He said Haloi Ato Elikim Zenachtanu Vloi Seitzer Elikim Zedvoi Seinu. What's going on over here? So everyone goes, How do you read this pasuk? If all you would have was Torah Shavixav, it'd be very hard to know. Right? How are you supposed to read this pasuk? Is it Belosh and Pitmia? Then you're David Amalek. Then it's Mamish Mamish David Malka Meshicha. It's 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 the David the the Chassid. But if you're gonna read it the way the Bar Deroyma read it, right? Then that's Mamish. It's Kfira. This was his downfall. We read Yerushalmi in Mesachtas Tainus that Bar Koichva said this, and this was his downfall as well. So Pasha, you have to know what's the nigan. You say Belosh and Bitmi. You don't say Belosh and Bitmi. Another example. The Gemara says in Brachos Nun Hamid Beis Shmuel Ki Avi Chazi Chama Bisha Shmuel. If you ever had a bad dream, he would say Hachaloyma. He says, dreams are shtosim. Ah, I'm not to worry about this bad dream. Why? Because dreams are nothing. But if you'd have a good dream, he would say, Same words. How do you read it? Do you read it? You see, Shmuel sometimes would read it this way, and sometimes Shmuel would read it that way. So he said, you can read it two ways. So you see, again, this is a situation where I can read it like this, I can read it like that, and how real are you supposed to know how you're supposed to read it? There's no indication just from reading it inside. It says this is an example, just the gemayis of why you need Tarish Because when you hear it from a Rebbe, when you hear it from a Saira, so now already you know how you're supposed to read it. So he says a Dov Niflo. He says the Gemara says Masachtis Megillah Taflamid Bezamad Aleph Kol Akoyre Beloy Neima Veshoyne Beloy Zimra. If somebody learns but Beloy Neima without the Ziskite. And he's showing he learns Mishnah below Zimra without a niggin, right? The niggin was a big deal once upon a time. All of our it's regarding him that the Pasik says, so if somebody is and he's shining below Zimra, it's regarding him that the Pasik says, It's a medrash plea. That Pasik. How are you supposed to read that passage? 
Hashem says, I gave you chukim that are not good. I gave you mishpatim bal yichyu bahem. What the Torah is v'chai bahem. It's just the opposite. The Torah says, where are you supposed to read the Pasuk? It's below Hashem bitmiya. V'gam anino sati lam chukim loy toivim. Mishpatim bal yichyu bahem. What? The, the mitzvahs I gave you, it's not good. It's mishpat ba'yichyu behem. But the only way you know to read the Pasuk like that is if you have the nigan. But if you're going to be kaira b'loi ne'ima, and you're going to be shayna b'loi zimra, when you're going to get to this Pasuk, how are you going to read it? You're not going to know to read it, b'loi shimbit miya. And you're going to walk away thinking that the Ebesh is saying, I gave you chukim lo'itoivim. You're going to walk away thinking that the Ebesh is saying, I gave you mishpat ba'yichyu behem. So Zach the Gemara, he says it's upon the Gemara. He says, Go tell him. How are you going to read this passage? And it's regarding you that it's talking not good because you're going to read the passage that way. Because if you don't have the nigga and you don't know the real way you're supposed to read the passage, so you're going to end up being stuck. And this is how you're going to do it. So Arun Magola says a Dover Nifla. He says, I found very, very often that there are Gemaras and there's questions and there's Chazals that were quoted and you look at them and it's Sorachim Gadol. And he says, very, very much to try to understand it. And he says, I think the reason it was so schwer to them, this is classic, is because they were looking at the written word. And as the written word but if you can appreciate that really the origin of this was not written and really it was said it could be the kasha wouldn't be a kasha because it's possible that in the way it was transmitted orally there was epizateritz to what it is that happened and he starts giving examples just mention one maybe two the Mishnah says, it's a Mishnah in Pirkei Yavis, Shmula Katan Oimer. Shmula Katan said, Ben Foyle Vecha Al Tismach, Ubekoshle Al Yogali Becha, Penir Hashem Verabe Enov, Deheshem Eolavapa. Shmula Katan said, Ben Foyle Vecha Al Tismach, Vachula Vachula. Everyone asks the same cash on this Mishnah. Shmula Katan is not the author of this line. Ben Foyle Vecha Al Tismach, it's a Pasik. It's a Pasik in Mishle, it's Perakadal Pasik Yuzain. So everyone asks, what was Shmula Katan in Machadish? Shmula Katan Oimer, Ben Foyle Vecha Al Tismach, Ubekosha, Yogali Becha. Well, what's his Chiddish? What's the Chiddish? It's a, it's a, it's a Pasik. So, Pasha Pashad is, Shmula Katan, not Oimer, he said, Hoya Oimer, a flake Zugan. Right? It was Margul Bapume. It was Margul Bapume, the Shmula Katan. Meaning all the Mishnayas in Pirkei Avos, someone saying a Chiddush, but over here it was Merinit Margul Bapume. So Rabbi Margola says that it could be there's an Akuda over here, and that is what does the pasuk mean when it says VeHeshiv Me Olavapoi? What does it mean VeHeshiv Me Olavapoi? Hashem is going to take the the Af off your enemy, and He's going to remove it. Right? What does the pasuk say? If you see an enemy fall, don't be happy. If he has a Kishloin, Al Yogali Becha. Don't don't. Rejoice inside your heart. Why? Pen. Because if you're going to, it's possible that you're Hashem. Hashem is going to see. He's not going to like what just happened. And he's going to remove his eye from that person. So at first glance, it almost sounds like, you know, you're, you see something bad happen to your enemy. Don't be happy because if you're happy, that bad thing is going to go away. We want the bad thing to happen to your enemy, right? So just leave it there because... Don't be besimcha. It's going to work against you. It's going to be counterproductive. As if to say that this person is so happy that there's a haroin af on his oyev 
and we're telling him, we're giving him good advice. Don't be besimcha, because if you're going to be besimcha, Hashem is going to make his life good. So, Rumor Gold says, Who is this Maturif that Mamish will wash? Shlaim Amalek says, Pen, watch out, because you see that's what's going to end up happening. It's going to end up being good for him. He quotes the Gemara, Bavabasutav, Tezayin, and Meralef, that even the Sotan is not chashed on wanting bad things to happen to people. And even though the Sotan does bad things, it's always Lashem Shemaim Neschavna. See, even the Sotan's not chashed. I can't believe Shlaim Amalek has been chashed this person of that. But he said, The Territ is Pasha. The Territ says, What is, what is Shlaim Amalek saying? Penyura Hashem, Verabbe Enov, the Heshev Meyalov. It doesn't say the Heser or the Haser. It says the Heshev. What does the Heshev mean? He's going to turn it. It's going to go. You know what he's saying? From your enemy, and it's going to land on you. And if it's going to land on you, that's not something you want. And that's what you should be careful. And he says, Posh it. That's what the Posh is saying. And that's the Loshin, the Heshev. It's not the Loshin of the Haser. So, Zokka Ruv Margolis, I believe if you would have heard Shmula Katan saying this Drasha, this is the way he would have said it. He would have said, Ben Foyla Vechal Tismach, Ubekoshle Ayogali Becha, Penyira Hashem Verabe Enov, the Hashiv may Allah. He's going to take it away from him. Meaning, and it's going to go to you. And he said he would have been madgish those two words where it would have been so clear that that's what he's trying to say. He said the problem is when you read it, all you see is the Pasuk. So Shmuel Akotin used to say this, it was written down. When you read it, you're seeing the same words. But you're not seeing the dogush on the may all love onto you. And that's the pen. That's what Shlomo Melech is warning you about. He says you're going to end up having what he has. And I don't think that's something that you want. And that's for sure something that you should protect yourself from. But the point is, if it would have been written, so then you would have seen it. And by, because it's written, it looks the same. But had you heard it, you would have heard what exactly what he's trying to say, and everything would have been different. He says it's partial to him that that's the reason that you find that all lavin when it came to Tereshavah Peh, so we switched the loy to a bal. So, for example, it's not loy tashchis, it's, it's bal tashchis. It's not loy soisif, it's bal toisif. It's not loy sigra, it's bal tigra. It's Bal it's Bal Yematze, it's Bal Toysiru, it's Bal Toychlu, it's Bal Ta'acher, it's Bal Takif, it's Bal Yachel, it's Bal Tashoy, Bal Tigzel, Bal Tolin, Bal Takrivu, Bal Taktishu, Bal Tishchatu, Bal Tizruku, Bal Taktiru Ke'ela. What's the Nakuda? The Nakuda is because Chazal was always a little bit sensitive to use the lie. The reason is because once upon a time they didn't write it. So everything was Balpeh. So you're going to hear loy. You're going to not know if it's a loy mitavov or it's going to be a loy with an aleph, right? You know, to do the Kotzker said that why was it for Cholom Roy and Mesakoyos by Naimid Arsinai? Because they had to know loy sirtzach, it's loy mitan aleph, nish loy mitavov. And they had to know loy signoivu, it's, it's, it's again with an aleph, not with a vov. If all you're is hearing it, so how do you know? Maybe you should do it. So he says, that's why Chazal went, and every single time they did something like this, they would always switch it. They'd always make it into a bow, like bow, like this, you're not going to have a problem. He says, today you could write it, just write it with an aleph, and it wouldn't have made a difference. But he says, I think it's Pasha to me that the whole current Chazal, that all the lawyers became bows, was Pasha, because otherwise it was going to get lost in translation. But the bottom line is, again, I just mentioned a few examples, but he has a whole bunch of examples where he goes through this Indian, where he says that if you can appreciate that once upon a time, Teresh Peh was transmitted orally, and it wasn't written down, so sometimes take the Chazal, that looks like a Pella, and try to view it in a world where it's being transmitted orally, he says you can answer a lot of kashas. With this, you saw it. Either way, Tein L'chacham V'yachimayin, and Be'ez HaShem tomorrow, we'll get into some of, more of the Lundus, Started a little bit lighter. Tomorrow we'll get into some of the lumbus of understanding some of the oymic of Teresh of Alpeh.